Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Order Up, the podcast from the National Restaurant Association. I'm Helen Jane Hearn, Senior Director of Content, and today I'm joined by my colleague, Carly McBride, Marketing Program Manager, and we're co-hosting this week's episode. Hello, everyone. I'm really excited to be trying something a little bit different for this week's episode. Helen Jane, you and I both know that this past year has been extremely difficult for restaurants, but we also know that some restaurant brands have really thrived during this year of uncertainty. So the focus of today's episode will be about how innovation can actually thrive in times of crisis. We wanted to hear from some association members about how their restaurant brands pivoted and made a difficult situation actually work to their company's benefit. Uh, I spoke with Jeff Drake, CEO and president of Protein Bar and Kitchen. And I spoke with Carl Howard, president and CEO of Fazoli's, about their pandemic-era innovations. I was surprised about the similarities of these interviews. You know, both of them, when talking about short and long-term solutions, they hoped masks were a short-term solution. Um, They both spoke about how vital communication is, both to employees and to customers, And they talked about how these innovations that they're talking about, many of them were already in the works. It was that the pandemic put them on hyperdrive. Yeah, it was really fascinating to hear from Carl and the measures that they've put in place, and also the fact that they've worked on implementing several new restaurant concepts in the last year. I'm excited for industry professionals to hear both of these great stories, as they can be applicable across several facets of the restaurant and hospitality industry. And before we dive in, your weekly reminder, please make sure you're subscribed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform so you catch all our latest releases right in your feed. Excellent. Let's get started. Hello, this is Helen Jane Hearn, Senior Director of Content for the National Restaurant Association. And I'm sitting here with Jeff Drake from the Protein Bar. Jeff, let's start the conversation off with some context. Can you please tell me about your role, your restaurant, and an overview of your experience over the last 12 months? Sure. Thanks for having me, Holland. Um, I'm the the CEO and president of Protein Bar and Kitchen. We are a better-for-you, fast-casual restaurant based here in Chicago. We serve breakfast, lunch, dinner, um, features bowls, salads, wraps, burritos. We have a very strong made-to-order shake, protein shake program which now also includes our super blends. But uh, we're open from early in the morning until in some locations till nine or 10 o'clock at night. And uh, we really are focused on nutritious, delicious and protein packed food. Uh, the last 12 months for, for Protein Bar have been quite quite the journey. Uh, we, were, we were just sort of looking over that uh, literally 12 months and a couple of weeks ago, the week of March 17th, We closed all but two restaurants. We furloughed 275 employees, and we wondered where where we were going to end up. Uh, Protein Bar is definitely an urban-based concept. Our portfolio of real estate is primarily focused in urban environments. Um, And as you can imagine, as people have seen, downtown office towers were devastated, and a lot of our locations had a very challenging time to come back. Where we stand now is we have uh, seven of our restaurants reopened. We're going to be reopening our eighth in mid-April, our ninth probably in May. And uh, we we continue to wait for people to come back to to work so that we can get the balance of our our restaurants open here in Chicago. Well, you had to come up with a lot of solutions with all the opening and closings. 
where did some of those ideas come from? Yeah, so it, it really started with us figuring out a way to, to make sure that our team members were ready to come to work and that they felt like they were in an environment that was safe and that was a place that they wanted to be. Um, we were very fortunate at Protein Bar Kitchen that we had a we have a had a pretty robust tech stack even before COVID hit. So we we were ready for the transition to digital ordering. Um, our app, our website, all of our third party partners were fully integrated into our POS system. And so that we were able to, as customers were no longer coming into the restaurant, but ordering from their homes, we're able to, to take those orders in and fully integrate those into our business. Um, we rolled out curbside pickup. It's not something that we had done previously um, for some of our locations that had uh, able parking. And that was something that our guests appreciated. It provided them the opportunity to still get protein bar without, you know, having to enter the restaurant to get it. I mean, I think that that's something that will stay. We'll, we'll continue to to offer that. But you know, going back to just thinking about what all of the unknowns that all of us in the industry faced in March and April, and trying to, to convey safety and security and reassuring our team members, there was a great idea that we use a, a digital uh, food safety platform for all of our food temperatures, where we're logging food temps throughout the day, in addition to some of the other procedures that we're doing around food safety. Well, we took that digital food safety platform and we added another log of temp logs. So we were digitally using digital thermometers and we were logging everyone who was coming into work, um, their temperature. Again, you know, maybe, maybe temperature isn't the best indicator today of, of COVID, but back then there was so much unknown and it was just another step that we could do to ensure and, and reassure our employees and our team members that we were we were taking this seriously, that we wanted to make sure everyone who was coming into the restaurant was healthy. Uh, and that was an idea that came from the field that was was a slam dunk. It was easy for us to do. And just another message of, of reassuring to our guests and, and to, to the team again about what it is. You know, one of the big things that we did right away was begin to over communicate. As I mentioned, we furloughed 275 team members right away that first week, that mid, uh, the week of March 17th. And it was important to us not only to be communicating to the folks that, that stayed and were continuing to operate the couple of restaurants we had open, but also infer, include and inform those folks that had been furloughed uh, what was going on with the business. And because we did that, I think we were very fortunate and be able to, as we began to reopen restaurants, we kept that connection with, with, with those folks and they began, began to come back to work. We obviously have not gotten back to full employment. Um, we're, we're really restricted by our real estate and our environment of how quickly we can get everyone back to work. But I think that, that communicating and having those weekly and then they went to biweekly updates where anyone could log in. And um, we did webcasts and I, and I talked to the team, other, other people from the leadership team talked to the team about what we were doing, what we were facing, clearly communicating the uncertainty that we, we faced, but with a level of optimism that we believe that we could get through this and get to the other side of it. Um, and I think that was a really um, powerful message and a key learning about it's, it's you know, over communicating can be a very powerful tool in building strong teams. I have to say using the food safety temperature log to log the temperatures of your employees was pretty innovative. Were there any other surprising innovations that have come up in the last year? Yeah, so we, we're known for our protein shakes. We're best in class. Our customers love us. We have a huge loyal following around protein shakes. We have a wide variety 
full flavor profile in that in that category. We really had not gotten into any other functional beverages. We we dabbled in it, but we really hadn't focused on it. And we realized that there was an opportunity around immunity in the second half of last year. And so we we went to work on what we called a super blend that was focused on immunity. And it was it had was loaded with vitamin C with mango and strawberries and then some banana. But also we've used organic honey, cayenne pepper. Uh, we have a, a immunity boost that has echinacea and zinc in it. And we rolled that out. We actually had some fun with it. We named it the Fauci. Um, <laughs> and it was this beautiful orange drink. And it blew up. Um, it became literally our second best-selling item on the entire menu. And uh, people really reacted to it strongly. We have a location in Northwestern Hospital. Um, it's a very successful location for Protein Bar uh, that we've kept open throughout the pandemic. Even in the early days of the pandemic where you could not get into the hospital, the hospital asked us to keep it open for the frontline workers. And so we have folks coming into Northwestern, the medical professionals, taking selfies with the digital menu board of our Fauci shake. Um, and so I think, you know, the, the Fauci really led us to understand that there's a whole other opportunity in our menu around super blends. So we've added a, additional functional blended drinks. We have a, a detox, we have an energy, we have a recovery, and we have a beauty that all aren't protein based necessarily, but they are definitely nutritionally based. And so we think that that was something that maybe without the, without a pandemic, we wouldn't have gotten to as quickly as we should have. Um, and so that was something that was really beneficial to us. And we continue to see a really nice adoption of these super blends as another part of our menu. We already had the technology. We already had the ability. We already had the skill set to deliver on these. Um, and I think that, that facing the uncertainty that our customers are having and giving them the opportunity to get an immunity shake was something that they were looking for and that we were able to deliver at a very high level. That's great. Do you think the Fauci will stick around long term? I do. I do. I think that, that um, it continues to do remarkably well. It's delicious. First of all, it's, it's, just, it's just great. I mean, regardless of the immunity benefits of the shake, it's delicious. And it, it, it's, it's something that we hadn't had on our menu previously that sort of fits really nicely. It's something that is uh, because of, of the mango, the strawberry and banana flavor profile, it's a great breakfast shake to go along with some of our breakfast entrees. So it pairs well with with some other things on our menu. And um, so, yeah, I, I see the Fauci staying for the long term. Are there any other trends or innovations that you've come up with that were more short term or you don't think are going to stick around necessarily? You know, I'm, I'm really hopeful that masks go away. I joke, but, you know, hospitality, there's so much nonverbal in the, in the hospitality business and being able to interact with the guests with your full face. Um, you know, masks are obviously, you know, incredibly important right now, but I look forward to being able to, to remove some of the plexiglass barriers that we put up between, between our customer and our guests and our employees and, and moving on from masks so that we can have even full, a fuller social interaction and, and deliver the hospitality that, that we want. Um, I, I think that, that, you know, the, some of the PPE, some of the, the disposable wipes are here to stay. Um, I think some of the, I don't see us long-term continue to do a temperature log for every employee coming in the back door, but for, for the most part, I think that all the things we did, we had to do. I think there were some, some good things that we learned about our company and about our guests that were very beneficial. Lots of people learned how to order online during the pandemic, learned how to use an app, learned how to use our website. 
And so those things are going to stick and they're going to make our business that much more efficient as we return to the new normal. And instead of having the line out the door that we used to have at lunch, I see the line maybe shrinking a little bit, but our volume increasing because the efficiency that we get from people ordering ahead, using their app, ordering it, walking over, grabbing, grabbing lunch, either sitting in the dining room if they'd like, or moving, moving on to uh, uh, back to the office. <laughs> well, I think when you had mentioned before about the, these were changes we were making anyway, the pandemic sped them up. Um, yep. I've seen that in so many categories when it comes to restaurants, that these were changes that were kind of in the works, but the pandemic really condensed the timeline to activating those. Absolutely. We were very fortunate in that regard. We, as a, being a small company, the way that our tech stack w- was put together, and this wasn't anything that we proprietarily built. It was basically based using things that were readily available off the street, but we had them in place. Uh, a big f- focus for us culturally at Protein Bar is eliminating friction for our guests and for our employees. And we had a, we, we went through a period of time as people pre-pandemic were using third parties and we were seeing those orders come in and we were seeing folks trying to manage tablets and we realized we needed to get rid of those. So we were able to fully integrate those. We saw people looking for more and more delivery. So we we're able to add delivery to our app as opposed to just having to use the third parties. All of those things were we were working on before the pandemic, which really allowed us to sort of take advantage of it and really leverage it as this new wave of our business going from you know twenty percent digital to you know ninety a hundred percent digital for a short period of time, and now it's well over fifty percent digital. And I think that it will continue to come down, but we think it's going to end up being somewhere between forty and sixty percent digital in the new normal. Um, which we we were fortunate that we had the team in place that had put together this 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 stack that allowed us to to weather the storm and, and now really take advantage of it. So yeah, can you tell me a little bit more about how your team rose to the occasion? Yes, Helen. You know, I'm incredibly proud and humbled by how the how the team responded. Um, as I as I mentioned previously, we furloughed 275 employees the week of March 17th. And and those who remained stepped up and were very committed to the brand, to our guests, and, and to each other. Um, we did a lot of communicating. They, they looked to find what needed to be done, and they, they were, were so critical and key in us being able to navigate this storm. Um, our culture at Protein Bar was definitely tested by this unforeseen and, and unknown pandemic that, that hit us, and, and I'm incredibly proud of how our culture held, held up to this challenge. It actually thrived in a very, very difficult environment. There was definitely a level of uncertainty of where we where we were going to end up um, last year in in May. In May. Um, there there was still a lot of uncertainty. We, we weren't sure when we were going to be able to get our restaurants back open. And today we can look and say that we we, we made it and that we got to the other side of this. And that uh, we we like to think or we we joke at Protein Bar nothing like a global pandemic to drive everyone's awareness of their wellness and well being. And we think that with Protein Bars delicious, nutritious, and protein-backed food, we're incredibly well-positioned to welcome people back to work, back into urban environments, and that, that uh, our menu transparency, which has always been you know, part of what this brand is from day one, will be there waiting for them as, as they're, they're focused on you know, getting, getting back to this new normal. But the, the, the folks on this team, the, 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 few, the small few that stayed with us after we, we confronted this, 
have been so critical to our success. I'm just so incredibly proud and indebted to them for their efforts and their commitment and their belief in each other, the brand, and I suppose a little bit in me. It's, it's definitely been a humbling experience, but one that I'm incredibly proud of. And um, we, we are so well positioned uh, to, to, to go forward now because of it. How do you think your culture was unique in that respect? You know, we, uh, when I came to Protein Bar four years ago, we were behaving like a big company. And we really needed to act like a small company that wanted to be a big company someday. And I think that, that there is a level of transparency and, a, a, and a, a, a level of being okay to make mistakes, that we embrace mistakes just as long as they're made out of effort, because there's so much learning that comes from that. And I think that, that this, this company and this team, because we've been together for, for, for a significant period of time, was just well, well positioned to embrace a challenge of the unknown. And we were willing to, to make mistakes and try new ideas and to help one another and communicate because we have this environment where everyone's just trying to be better. You know, that's a big part of Protein Bars. Everyone wants to be better. Well, we want to create an environment where you can be better, whatever that may mean for you. And so I think that that, that culture and that belief in one another and the, the environment of learning was so important to be dropped into this level of uncertainty and this level of, of uh, just not knowing. I think that we have a, a culture of communication. So it wasn't anything unusual that all of a sudden I was giving weekly calls or biweekly calls. Maybe the frequency wasn't that high pre-pandemic, but it was something that was part of who we were and a level of transparency of talking about our business and looking at our business and our challenges and what we're doing well and we're, what we're not doing well that we already had in place. So it wasn't as if anyone didn't feel it being authentic or didn't feel it to be um, something new. They, they were comfortable and familiar with me talking about the business in a way that it needed to be talked about in April and May of last year. That's fantastic. No, it sounds like the your employee base was set. <laughs> they were primed for, to manage a, a crisis like this. Yeah, it was, and, you know, and I'll tell you something else about the people. You know, the unemployment benefits were very generous for a period of time, right? And so as we started reopening restaurants, there were employees who actually could have been making more money on unemployment than coming back to work. But because they knew that there was a finite period of time on that unemployment and not necessarily the job would be waiting for them if they didn't take it now. And also, I just think they liked working here. We had very little difficulty in getting folks to come back to work. And again, that's because the people who are running the restaurants, the people who are supporting those restaurants have built a culture of understanding who their customer is and, and taking care of them. And so these folks were excited to come back to work, um, which was another thing that really made us feel good about what we were doing and felt like at least we were headed in the right direction. That's great. All right. I only have one question left, and it is, what are you looking forward to as restaurants reopen? Man, I want to see packed restaurants again. There's nothing like the energy of guests bring to restaurants and getting people back into the restaurants and the vibrancy and, and, and the, the interaction. We have at Protein Bar and Kitchen, people treat us very similar to usage to, I'll, I'll use Starbucks, where we have guests that use us four or five times a week. We're part of their routine. Instead of going to get a, maybe a latte, they come and get a PB&J shake. And so we have a lot of 
very heavy loyal users that have been sort of separated from us. Some of them are still able to order through our app and get it delivered or curbside. But, you know, coming in and we know lots of our guests' names, our guests know our team members' names. That environment, that community, it's so missed. And I'm so excited to get that back, that vibrancy back into the restaurants where everyone is sort of reconnecting. You know, we, we have a community of our, of, our, of our team, but we have a community of guests that we are very excited to get back into the restaurants. And, you know, finally, for me, it's, it's all about getting ready to go back onto offense. You know, we've been playing defense, it feels like, primarily for the last 12 months. We're starting to be a little more aggressive and starting to think about doing things. But, um, you know, starting to, to talk about getting back into growth and starting to look at new restaurants and starting to, to, to move forward is, is something that I'm incredibly excited about. That's great. Very inspiring. Thank you so much for your time today. It was great. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Cultural nuances around language, service, technology, and formality can affect customer satisfaction and likelihood of repeat guests and referrals. Join the National Restaurant Association, Heartland Payment Systems, and the Multicultural Food Service and Hospitality Alliance for a webinar on April 14th. You'll learn how developing an understanding for cultural nuance can increase customer comfort, employee engagement, and your bottom line. Register for How Cultural Intelligence Leads to Customer Comfort by visiting the link in our show notes or visit www.restaurant.org slash events slash learning. Another thank you to Jeff Drake, CEO and president of Protein Bar and Kitchen for speaking with us. Now we'll shift the conversation and speak with another restaurant executive. Here's my conversation with Carl Howard, president and CEO of Fazoli's, where he shares about the pandemic era innovations they've implemented in their fast casual Italian restaurants. Carl, thanks so much for taking some time to speak with us today. So I want to start the conversation off with some context for our listeners. So can you tell us a bit about your role, your restaurant, uh, and an overview of your experience during these last 12 months? Yeah, sure. So thanks for having me on. Uh, I'm the CEO of Fazoli's. If you're not familiar with Fazoli's, uh, the best way to describe us is we're like a little olive garden with a drive-through. We have fantastic fresh-made products, and the brand is just really on fire right now. So uh, I've been with Fazoli's for the last 12 and a half years, and it's been an interesting time because we went through the Great Recession and then most recently the pandemic. So, you know, well, the last 12 months have been pretty interesting to say the least. You know, that's probably been one of the most challenging times in the history of the restaurant industry uh, for the employees, the, the, the guests, and then for franchisees and franchisors. It's, you know, it's been a really challenging time. And you know, I'm just so blessed to have a great team because we took so many actions at the beginning, uh, well in advance, even before Trump shut the, the country down, you know, we, we had a plan in place. So just blessed to have a great team. And it's why we're doing so well right now. Excellent. Well, thank you for that context. Um, as you mentioned, the last year has been really difficult. So in this short time period, changes needed to be made really quickly to protect your customers. Uh, where did the innovation ideas come from? Were they new ideas, grassroots ideas, or something that you've used in the past that you had to re-implement? Yeah, so it's kind of really a combination of both. It's new ideas and what we've used in the past. But the first thing that we did well prior to the shutdown was 
we were one of the first companies to go into mask and gloves. Um, we had sanitation stations, transaction wipes. Uh, we actually won the Sterlitech uh, Excellence in Food Safety Award last year, beating out uh, Chick-fil-A and Chipotle, and we're finalists again this year. So, you know, we've done a lot with sanitation at the top of every hour. Our music system uh, will play a note for the guests and then we'll say, you know, dear Fazoli's guests, please uh, apologize, but our employees are going to take a few minutes, wash their hands, wipe down their stations and clean up. And we're going to stop service for a period of time. And uh, the guests actually really like that. And, you know, I, I, I think going so aggressive on, on safety was really smart because it, it also uh, put, not only did it put the, 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 the consumer at ease, it really put the, the, the employee and the parents of the employee. We have a lot of young people that work in our restaurants and, you know, the parents were quite concerned that we were really going to do the right thing and be on top of it, which we, you know, we had a really great plan in place. And you know, our step two part was, you know, prior to the Donald Trump's announcement on that Friday that we were going to go to a shutdown, we had already met on Tuesday. And then we met every day at five o'clock uh, to talk about liquidity drivers. What were we going to do to make sure that we saved the brand and franchisees? Because I had no idea what was going to happen. I just knew it was going to be bad that the president was coming out with a major announcement on Friday. So we assumed that the, he was going to shut everything down. I mean, it was happening in other countries. So we went on a full court press on saving liquidity. So we called every vendor, every landlord, and we just put this gigantic list together and uh, by the following Monday, we had identified 1.7 million. By that Friday, it was 3 million. By the following Friday, it was 5 million. And we were just flush out of ideas. And so I told the entire team, let's stop liquidity drivers. We've done everything we can do. We're not going to furlough anybody else. Uh, we abated royalties for the franchisees and we helped them out. But the, the third thing, which is really a catalyst for us, and it's one of the reasons why you know, our brands in the 99 percentile of sales as we went on the offense early. So uh, I think the big move for us by going on the offense, we started in late April and we did extreme value with the super family meal and five for five. And then we also went back to advertising, which most brands didn't do. So we went back to outdoor and FSI or every door direct mail, which are, is very successful for us. And we, our sales took off. So by June, we were up 15 and a half percent. And it just, you know, continued. And um, March is really a tough month because it's you know, it's difficult to read. We still got two days left in the month, but we're up 80% uh, this month. Wow. That's fantastic. So it sounds like you guys did some really incredible things to, to keep the business going and thriving, actually. Um, so what innovations did you implement that really surprised you with their success? Yeah, so a few that really just come to mind, virtual brands, uh, breadstick delivery and the drive-through, and then sticking outside order takers. So I'll just talk about virtual brands real quick. It's not novel, but we had actually been working on a virtual wing concept for well over a year. Uh, so this just pushed me into you know having the team execute it and roll it out in all of our company restaurants. And it's actually live in the entire organization right now. So uh, Wingville is live everywhere. And plus, it's so successful, we actually put it on our core menu and our delivery menu. Uh, we also are using WowBow, and then we created um, a third uh, virtual brand called Macaroniville that we're about ready to expand from a, a three-store test to a five-store test. And uh, we're pretty happy with the early results of that. So you know, the virtual brands uh, certainly maximized our sales per square foot um, and has really helped us out quite a bit. Breadstick service in the drive-through. 
that was uh, uh, Tim Kimmel, our director of operations, came up with that idea. And what was really cool about that idea is, you know, the dining rooms were closed. You could only get the food through the drive-through or through takeout. And one of the things about Fazoli is our breadsticks are the goat and we serve endless breadsticks. So the consumers were really missing that piece. And we saw it online because we get uh, from Yext every morning, hundreds of uh, guest feedback. And it was just really relevant and, and, and pronounced that, boy, I sure missed that breadstick service. So Tim put somebody in the drive-thru, just handing out breadsticks to cars and little solo cups of water. And our guests just absolutely loved it. And you know, then we added something called the super family meal, which was a, a full pizza, a, a bucket of spaghetti marinara, a bucket of fettuccine Alfredo, 16 breadsticks and a half gallon of tea for $19.99. And we uh, advertised it and we had them backed out into the street. So um, we, we just really took off once we launched the super family meal. And then we combined that with five for five, where we put five items together for $5 and then advertised it. And the, and the brand just really took off. So the super family meal was a huge catalyst in moving forward because we started selling thousands of them a day. Everybody on the internet was either sending me a thank you or talking about it because it would really feed, it really feeds a family of eight or a family of four twice in one day. And we were all cooped up, if you remember. I mean, we're, we're, we're at home. We're not having a lot of supply at the grocery store. And we want a whole meal replacement. And we just hit a home run on, on, on that item. That, that item is actually going on our menu board um, here in a few weeks. So you know, that was a slam dunk. And then because of demand, uh, our team put outside order takers uh, outside, uh, very much like a Chick-fil-A who is best in class and drive through and we always want to be a best in class brand so we basically emulated and stole their idea and started sticking people out in the drive through taking orders five cars back which saved the uh, drive offs but also expedited the time that the guest had away we took a minute off our window time so you know the, again really positive stuff that's wonderful. It sounds like you definitely hit that one out of the park. Um, you mentioned that that super family meal is going to be permanent on your menu, which is really exciting. It kind of leads into my next question. Um, so what changes have you made that will stick around for the long term and which are strictly short term? Yeah, so, you know, hopefully masks are strictly short term and almost everything else is going to be long term. I plan on keeping our employees in gloves for now until the time somebody else is running the company. Uh, I just think it's a it's a really good quality point because we deliver food to our guests in the dining room, very much like a casualty dining restaurant. And, you know, I, I noticed myself when the servers got their thumb on the plate and handed me, it just doesn't make me feel the best. So I think you'll see our employees stay in gloves. We'll keep the sanitation stations also. Uh, we'll keep the two minute drill at the top of every hour. So we'll keep a lot of the sanitation pieces in place. And I think that's been you know, one thing that's come out of this uh, whole COVID pandemic is we've become really conscious about washing our hands and sanitizing. I think that's been a big win for the whole country. Um, but, you know, we'll also keep our virtual brands. Uh, I don't see our virtual brands going anywhere. Um, so that's, they're driving a lot of sales. And we're driving anywhere between three and $5,000 a week in virtual brand sales. So it's pretty big, you know, for a, a 2,500 square foot unit. And so I think the virtual brands stick around, uh, outside order takers stick around, um, and, and, and this focus on value uh, and convenience with family meals. We're creating a variety of super family meals for our consumers now. So I think that sticks around as well. Very cool. It sounds like 
the the pandemic has forced a lot of us to innovate in different ways. And, you know, it's helping your business in the long run too, uh, which is great. So looking a little bit at your workforce, um, what was the response from your frontline workers about these new procedures? Like, were they excited? Did you need to take any special measures uh, to get everybody on board? Yeah, so I don't think any of the, the people who work in our restaurants are re- real comfortable in masks. I mean, it's just, it's hot back there. We get, they're standing in front of steam table and ovens and uh, pasta cookers. And, you know, it just, um, you know, it's not ideal. So that took a little bit of coaching. So every morning uh, we get a report from Yax and we break out all of our COVID complaints. So they're separate and hate to focus on the negative, but that's the first thing I look at in the morning. You know, where are we slipping? And, you know, masks was an opportunity for us to make sure that we're not only wearing them, but wearing them right. So we created a mask up contest every week. Uh, one of our every restaurant that has no mask complaints goes into a pool, and all their employees can win a fifty dollar um, gift card. So we also have Fazoli's TV in the kitchen, and we did a lot of uh, speaking to our guests. And I, you know, I did it directly to our employees about the importance of sanitation, what we were doing to keep them safe, what we need to do to keep the guests safe, and that ran on the uh, Fazoli's TV, but. We also took that same message and, and uh, tailored it a little bit different, but we spoke to our guests that way as well. So that went out in all of our social media posts uh, and e- everything else to get the, the guests comfortable with you know what we were doing, so they understood that hey, we're on top of this. But you know, I think a lot of things last, and you know, hopefully, masks do not. Got it. Um, so thinking more big picture, what are you personally most looking forward to as the restaurants start to reopen? So, um, you know, we've been kind of open for a period of time. So, you know, we've never really closed. Our drive-thrus were always open. Uh, Takeout was uh, always open. But, you know, I I think the business is going to continue through the stimulus where everyone's going to enjoy a windfall. So it's adding at least 20% to your top line, if not more. That's going to carry on for a few more weeks. And then, you know, we're going to readjust and find out what the new norm is. Then I think there's going to be a second period where everyone's got their vaccines and it's going to be like the roaring twenties. Everyone's going to be out and we don't have to wear masks anymore. And people will be back at the bars and socializing. And I think that's going to be really good for the entire industry in general. I mean, my biggest concern that I have looking forward in the 12 months is, you know, how are we going to comp over 15 to 20% positive sales and traffic numbers. And, you know, that's my job and responsibility, but we've got some big rollovers. Yep, definitely. I am most looking forward to feeling like a community again and spending time with my friends and family. So that's all the questions I had for you today, Carl. Um, Thank you so much for taking the time to join us and keep doing the great things you're doing there at Fazoli's. Uh, Well, thank you. And again, thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. Great. Have a good day. You too. Give your customers what they want. Assurance that your restaurant is carefully following the recommended reopening guidance. With a ServeSafe dining commitment at servesafecommit.org. In four easy steps, you can give your customers dining peace of mind when you make the ServeSafe dining commitment. You'll receive a decal, digital marketing kit, and big discounts on ServeSafe products. Learn more at servesafecommit.org. That's S-E-R-V-S-A-F-E commit.org. Huge thanks to Jeff and Carl for sharing their pandemic innovations. And thanks to you, our audience, for listening to Order Up, the podcast from the National Restaurant Association. I'm Helen Jane Hearn, 
And I'm Carly McBride. And please make sure that you're subscribed to Order Up on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. You'll catch all our latest releases right in your feed so you don't miss an episode. An episode has been produced by Dante32.